You're tuning into the Fearless Fridays with Marianne podcast. As a best-selling author, certified life coach, and speaker, I created this podcast to inspire, empower, and transform you from the inside out. From time to time, you may hear a solo episode, but for the most part, we will be joined by real-life guests who have overcome adversity, but as they have done the work, today they are thriving. So grab your pen and paper as we get started and learn firsthand tips and tricks to change the trajectory of your lives so we can live a free, fearless, and fabulous life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. I am your host, Marianne Rivera Dannert, known as the Fearless Living Expert. And today we have an amazing young lady with us talking about a topic that we have not discussed on the show before. So without further ado, let's bring her on. Hello, how are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So let's start. Can you tell us your name and a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Felicity Steiner and I live on the French Riviera and I'm a former osteopath and I'm now converted into a relationship coach and dating expert for women over 40. So that's matched with the person who they want to be with. They're forever person. Nice. I like, I love that. So can you tell us a little bit as to what osteopath is and what caused you to make the change? Yeah, sure. So an osteopath is basically manual medicine. So it's a physical therapy, it's manual medicine, it's um, really treating a patient holistically. And I had my own clinic, which I was running here on the French Riviera. And what actually got me to transition into what I'm doing now is really my own personal story. So my own personal history of having very tumultuous relationships, which led me absolutely nowhere, worse off before than, than I was before. And um, seeking mentorship myself in order to transition from where I was then to where I am now and being given the beautiful opportunity to, to do this for others as well. That's awesome. So what would you say is like one of the biggest challenges that keeps us from finding that person in that connection? That's a great question. Um, I would say one of the one of the biggest challenges we have is the fear within ourselves that, that we are worthy enough in order to have the kind of person that we want and that we deserve yeah. and the kind of relationship that we deserve to experience. And what are some of the things that leads into that, into having those limiting beliefs about ourselves? Yeah, that's a great question because obviously the further we come along in age, the more limiting beliefs we tend to accumulate. So mm. the limiting beliefs can be due to what we've been brought up as, you know, our family environment, our education, um, society, colleagues, peer pressure, etc. And the biggest limiting belief I see women having is that it, it can happen for her, but it can't happen for me. Yeah, yeah so that's she, so true. Yeah, that's so true. And we often, especially as women, we tend to compare ourselves to others. Like, you know, we don't look like that. You know, we're not the same size, where we don't come from the same economic background. So how do we overcome some of those barriers? Yeah, that's a really, really good question because overcoming the barriers is actually what's going to provide the transition. So going inwards is the only way to be able to really transcend those barrier barriers. Uh, oftentimes I see far too many people looking outwards in order to be able to compensate what they don't have. So going inwards is the first port of call if somebody's looking to transcend what they've got already. 
Do you focus on work, working with women or men or with both? Both. I've worked with both in the past. Now I have a little bit of a, a speciality going on for women, women sort of 35, 40 plus. Um, but men obviously are welcome and um, it's two very different ball games. So when relationship coaching for women is very different to, to coaching men as well. So that was going to be uh, my next question. What are some of those differences when it comes to coaching women in relationships versus com um, coaching men in relationships? Well, the difference is one of the fundamental differences are is, is the fact that women approach the dating scene in a very different way to men. And both of, both men and women have very different ideas on how a relationship should be. So the expectations from both sides can be very different. And obviously, neurologically speaking, the brain, the women, the female brain and the male brain are quite different mm. in the aspects. And, you know, that's, that's just how we are. And it's beautiful. But it's about marrying the differences instead of actually finding division in the differences. Right, right. So going a little deeper, what was your story like and what got you to this point? Yeah, that's a good one. So my story was a series since my 20s, my early 20s. It was a series of very tumultuous relationships. And I was always in long-term relationships. But I always had the desire to get married and have a family and to be with my forever person. But that never happened. Mm -hmm. And it was one disaster after another. And to fast forward a very long story, just before COVID, um, I had two very significant relationships, one after the other. And both of them, unfortunately, I was almost ditched at the altar twice. Mm. And it's at that point where I was losing my clinic because COVID hit and the world was shutting down and I, I, didn't, I wasn't able to see my patients anymore. And my love life had come to a standstill. And I literally came to a point where I had to transcend things, otherwise it wasn't going well for me. And I had to really start looking at what was going on inside, which was pulling these experiences into my life, which was not at all what I wanted. Yeah. And that's often the hardest thing is looking ourselves in the mirror and realizing that there's, you know, changes within that we have to do. So can we can start creating the life that we deserve and that we desire. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if we don't look inwards, we're always going to want to have something outwards, which is going to compensate for a cup, which is not even full within us. And if we're operating from that energy, we're never going to have what we want or be satisfied. Yeah. So I noticed on when I was looking at your, you know, your website, you used to also do manifesting and alchemy coaching and things like that. So if you don't mind speaking a little bit as to what those concepts are and what the differences between the two are. Yeah. Absolutely. So in essence, to answer the second part of your question, um, a relationship is actually sort of the the end point of a manifestation. So it could be a relationship, it could be anything which somebody wants to tackle in their lives. That's the end point, or at least far along the lines of a process of manifestation. So manifestation is really pulling into, the way I see it, is pulling into your experience that what it is what you want to experience. Now, we're all master manifestors in our daily lives every single day, whether we like it or not, because we're all manifesting things every day in alignment of what we want, whether we like it or not. So the key is manifesting what it is one wants on a continual basis and having that be the greater percentage of what we do in our lives and what we experience. 
Um, the alchemy part is to do with having a look at how things transform and transcend in our lives. So when we talk about alchemy success coaching, we're looking at what is it within the, the non-physical, so in the energy part of what we're experiencing, which is transcending and which is giving us the experience which we're having. And that is a very important component of mm -hmm. manifest. Obviously, it's the most important component of manifesting in what we experience. Would you be able to share like a personal success story that you've had with a client? Of course, absolutely. So I'm thinking about one client in particular. Um, it was a guy, <laughs> a man, and he was, um, he's in his late 50s now, and he has finally found the love of his life. He's been married before, mm -hmm. he's got kids, and he's been through a set of tumultuous marriages as well. And now he's getting married again on 11 mm -hmm. Which is a, a huge portal. And that is a very big turning point in his life because he was literally rock bottom when we started working together. And he did, he, I mean, kudos to him, he really did the work. And his life turned around in a very short period of time. Mm. And the way it turned around as well, how he met the person he's going to be married to now, yes. is a very interesting story as well. So. So what is your process like when you, you know, someone contacts you, they're having issues, they're not finding that person. What is your process like working with someone? Yeah, that's a really good question. So what I what I do is when I split it up into three components is I look at what that person really actually wants. So clarity is power. Clarity is the, the most important component of how we're going to actually translate something into our lives. So we get crystal clear on what it is they want, what they're looking for, and where their blockages are where they are at energetically because obviously they're not manifesting what they want they're manifesting something very different to that so we're looking at the energy patterns and what's gotten to where they are now and also life starts out of the comfort zone the life they want starts after their comfort beyond their comfort zone so getting them into the vibrational alignment of beyond that comfort zone is vital for them to be able to pull in what it is the experience they want to receive yeah. Can you share some misconceptions individuals have when it comes to manifesting? Some misconceptions? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think one of the biggest misconceptions I do see people say is a lot of us have heard of the universal laws, and one of those is the law of attraction, of course. Mm -hmm. Is A lot of people say, well, the law of attraction doesn't work, or it doesn't work for me. And I would argue that and say, well, actually, it is working, but it's not working in the way you'd like it to work, but it's always working for you. And you are a master of that law of attraction and those universal laws, whether you like it or not. Now, if you don't like what you're seeing, we need to start shifting that. If you don't like what you're seeing, we need to start changing the internal dialogue. What verbiage, what story are you telling yourself in order for you to receive that? Because the, all the universal laws are actually a mirror of who are internally whether you like it or not hmm. i love that so that leads to my next question are you able to share some techniques some quick tips that you know our listeners and our viewers can start implementing today to start manifesting the love life that they desire or whatever it is that they're truly you know calling into their life to start working towards that absolutely one of them is self-talk how it, what is their self-talk like? I would really challenge each person out there to say to them, you're having so many thoughts a day, uh, subconsciously, you're not even aware of most of those thoughts. So the first thing is to become aware of them and how is that person talking to themselves internally? Because our inner dialogue is really what's going to start creating that manifesting process either against us or for us. 
and have that level of awareness. Now, if somebody's looking to be in a great relationship or manifest something in their lives, every decision, every thought, every practical decision they make in their lives is actually going to take them to that or get away from it. And I would argue, what is the intention behind every decision they're making? Start looking at the intention. Yeah. Are there some specific tools or rituals that are commonly used when it comes to manifesting and things like that? There are a whole load of tools and techniques which people do. I mean, obviously, meditation is a very big one. It's very classic. Mm -hmm. um, I would argue that if somebody's going to do meditation, if they can get to the stage where they can actually meditate without anything, just in pure silence, mm. with one's eyes closed, in pure silence, with one's eyes closed, and they're able to just concentrate on one laser focus. What, they just imagine one red dot in front of them, one red dot, and they keep that focus and that concentration for anything from five minutes onwards, then they're a heck of a long way ahead, most people. That's very difficult to do to start with. I was going to say, because I think it's especially here, you know, in the Western culture, we have so much going on and it's like ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. We, we live a very instantaneous, like we want everything today. We want everything right now. And I think that's why often sometimes, you know, we try to meditate or silence our thoughts, but yet we start making the grocery list and thinking about a to-do list. So I think I like that idea of focusing on the red dot, as you stated. Yes. And the mind will go all, you know, will go crazy because it doesn't like being channeled down to one just silent dot. So I would say to people, just be, be very patient and come, come at this technique with a, you know, from a place of love. It's very difficult to get it right the first time around. It's just a question of practice. Keep being patient with oneself. So you mentioned, you know, for example, like your client and even yourself that you have been in previous relationships, they didn't work out and things like that. How difficult is it to start trusting yourself and to start trusting others when it comes to the work that you do? That's a really good question. The most important thing is trusting oneself. So a lot of people find it very difficult to trust others. They always put it externally. And I would argue that if they can't trust somebody else, first of all, it's because they haven't yet had the level of awareness and clarity within themselves. And obviously the trust and the value, the self-love, the self-value, the self-trust. So a lot of people find it very hard to trust others. Me personally, I didn't find it so difficult because I was very clear on as to what I wanted. Um, and I think for me, it was a clarity, really clarity is power. Once we are very clear mm -hmm. Want and we align with that, then when somebody else comes into our lives, a potential suitor, we'll know very quickly whether that person is aligned for us or not. So the trust factor almost is obsolete because that only comes in once once the person who you've met for you is the right person, then right. trust factor is a given, if that makes sense. It does. It makes a lot of sense. Um, can you share some tips or some techniques to start building healthy relationships? Once you yep. get to that point, you found that person. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, one of the things I would, I mean, I coach all my women on is having um, very, very high standards and boundaries, boundaries which are to be kept. So not boundaries which are holiday boundaries. One day it's on, one day, the next day it's off. No, especially for somebody who they think that they like. Hmm who they have their heart fluttering for. I would say whatever happens, keep your standards and your boundaries for that person, especially. 
So no special deals for anybody. Because a lot of the, the women I've worked with and a lot of women I do work with, one common thing is that they let their boundaries and their standards slip. Yeah. And that's a big one. Do you think that's probably because of insecurities? Insecurity and a lot of it is also due to fear. Fear that if they don't, if they don't sort of compromise on their boundaries, A, they're not going to find the right person, and B, more importantly, the person who they like or who they've just met will run away. And that comes down to self-love and self-trust and self-worth. If they really had their cup filled, brimming over with self-love, well, if that person does walk away because they've set their boundaries, I want them to start celebrating because it wasn't the right person for them. Right. Have you had a client that was, you know, focused on finding a relationship and then they realized that it's probably not the best time for them? And how did that shift happen? So somebody got into a relationship and then they realized, oh, this is not the right time and they want yeah. to exit out of the relationship. Yes. Oh, yes, of course. Absolutely. Especially that tends to happen in the earlier stages of a relationship, so within the first couple of months. Now, that's for women in particular. I have seen that, well, obviously men have can have that experience as well. And I have also seen people who get into relationships and who say to the other person, I'm ready to get married to you, I'm ready to commit. And they never do. And they never do because deep down within themselves, they don't feel ready that they're able to commit to that person because they've got issues which they haven't resolved yet within themselves. Mm -hmm. So they're not ready for that relationship. Right. They just won't fully admit it. Yeah. What would you say are some of the societal stigmas that hinders relationships and, and especially people who are single and feel that they have to be in a relationship because this is what society or family thinks that they should be doing. Yes, there is a lot of pressure in our society that we need to turn up for Thanksgiving or turn up for Christmas or turn up for whatever holiday it is with somebody. And it's, it's really a very difficult experience for those people out there who turn up alone in their family events. And they always seem to feel that they're judged or they're not good enough or they just haven't quite managed to get their life on par as they would have liked to have done, like, and compare, start comparing themselves to everyone else. And the, the illness of comparing oneself to somebody else is just so false because what could be right for somebody is not necessarily right for somebody else. So I would say to each person out there, if they're genuinely looking to be in a relationship because it's what they want, that's one thing. But if they're looking to get into a relationship because they feel that they need to show up with somebody and it's not really the right time for them or they're not really quite ready for it, that's a very different ball game. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people get trapped in that one. What are some red flags that individuals, men or women, tend to ignore in relationships? Good question. Especially in the early dating stages. One, one big one, well, a lot of women tend to ignore when they get whisked away on a beautiful date and the guy is very, very comes across as very wonderful and very gentlemanlike and they ignore the red flags that he might not be that much interested in who they are or emotionally connecting with them as a person mm -hmm. he's only maybe interested in some short-term relationship deal and that is a very big red flag which women tend to overlook because they see the, the beautiful dinner date and they see the beautiful man turning up in a beautiful car etc and i would say to them please do not let just physical appearance or first images 
be the determining factor of that relationship. It takes time to get to know somebody. It really does. Another big oh no, go ahead. Another big red flag is a lot of a lot of people seem to think that it's okay to not have a, a very top level communication with the other person who they've decided to connect to. And they give excuses to why the person could not get in touch with them or send them a text message or call them when they said they would call them. That's a huge reply. Communication issues. If the person isn't communicating or communicating the way they said they would, that's a huge red flag. That is so true. That is so true. Especially in this day and age when we have social media, we have so you know so much technology. It's very easy to keep those lines of communication open. And there's no excuse. I mean, there's always several seconds in the day where somebody could send a message or say something, especially to the person they want to quote unquote, you know, spend the rest of their life with. If they can't do that, then disqualification. Right. So true. So what would you say are some success tips for a relationship? Some things that, you know, to ensure that the relationship thrives and build and continues to build. Yeah. Well, communication is definitely the number one, not just any kind of communication. It's really the emotional connection, which is important. It's very different saying, well, how was your weekend last weekend to actually getting involved with the person, getting to know them better on a, on a more emotional level and wanting to peel away the deeper layers of that person. So the quality of the communication and daily communication is paramount, absolutely paramount. Sticking to one's word so for example if somebody's saying well i'll call you at 6 p.m that call needs to happen unless there's an emergency in which case the emergency would have been taken care of at that point or that would have been communicated um so that's very important sticking to one's word being really trustworthy in that respect and also spending quality time together physically a lot of people tend to think that a relationship can happen over text mm. and i say ah, no Text right. has its purpose, but it's not to create and build a relationship. And it's too easy to hide behind text messages. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that you mentioned about, you know, like the first dates being wicks away and all these grand gestures that someone may make. What would you say is like a not typical, but like a healthy, say, uh, first date idea? A healthy first date could be a couple of things. Either it could definitely be that. Either a very sort of a easy, easy investment, which is a coffee date. Mm -hmm. And that's really to get to know somebody more than the actual lavishness of going out for a coffee. Um, or obviously the dinner date is a very good one, especially in certain parts of the world. I, I know that here in the Mediterranean, people love going out for dinner. Um, so that's a big part of their culture. Now, that's a very good one to get to know somebody. But I would say if that's a good first date, there needs to be a second date that backs that up with something which is away from the dinner table. So going out for a walk, really getting out there and getting to know that person on a more natural level than being in a, in a dinner environment, a very fancy dinner environment. And also getting to know them with their friends quite early on, what they're like in a social setting. That's a really important one. I love that. So what do you have you know, going on for your business, some things that you may be working on that you would like to share? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm opening up um, four slots coming up this month in my container, which is a one-on-one -on -one coaching program. And um, I'm only four slots because it's a big investment taking somebody on for myself because yeah. their goals become my goals. I've got four slots going one-on-one. -on -one, and what I do is a three-month program and a three-month career, which is really a deep dive intensive. And we focus on a couple of things 
which are going to be manifested for that person within those three months. Beautiful, beautiful. So, and where can our, you know, listeners and our audience find out more about you and learn more about you? Sure. Well, Facebook is a big one. My profile is Felicity Steiner. I have a Facebook group, which is called Next Level Love and Relationships for Career-Oriented Women. So that's a big one. There are lots of valuable resources, lots of support, lots of extra value in there. And it's welcome. Anybody can join. It's free for all. So that's where they can find me. Awesome. I love that. So is there anything else that you would like to share before we get ready to wrap up that we have not talked about? Yeah, absolutely. I'd just like to leave every, every listener with one thing is that every person has within themselves the possibility to manifest exactly what they desire and a lot more. So having that faith is a key component. And really, if somebody can just allow themselves to open up to the possibility that they can have what it is they desire, then they're already a step ahead. And the rest is just getting the right level of support. So help them I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. As your host, I am grateful for you and I invite you to share this podcast and don't forget to leave a review. Let's connect on Facebook at the Fearless Living Coach page or on Instagram at Marianne Rivera Dannert. You can also visit my website, MarianneRiveraDannert.com and sign up for some freebies as you start to live a fearless life. Until next time. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Kelly. The host of Getting Real with Bossy, the real, raw, and honest podcast about small business ownership. We created Bossy to be a safe place to ask the hard questions and to get support that's necessary. With our experience, nine businesses in over 25 years, we continue to bear it all and share what we wish we had known. We move past the must-be-nices and start getting real. Come along as we interview small business owners and get the true story. Leave with another tool for the next time you feel alone on this journey. Business ownership leads to unexpected knowledge. What are you an expert at? Tell us at Getting Real with Bossy and subscribe today.